Good morning. This is going to be a quiet show today until my wife actually gets up. She's laying on the couch just outside this room that I'm in broadcasting It's a Religion. So welcome to It's a Religion, the podcast that seeks to encourage you in your faith, the podcast that seeks to explain life from a standpoint of faith. And uh, we come to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America into the Republic for which it stands, two nations in which they stand, two nations under God, quite divided with liberty and justice for some. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, and this is the show that, I don't know, I thought about it for a long time and just decided to try and be consistent with a show that would do this, that would preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that would talk to people about that, about the difference in putting your faith and trust in other things and what it means to put faith and trust in Christ and how that might look different in society and how uh, we work these things out. So thank you for stopping by. Uh, this will be a pretty quick show today. We're going through the Bible. We always do that. We do that every year. But we like to start in the book of Genesis. We did that back on January 1st. And we are all the way to the book of Ecclesiastes at this point. And Ecclesiastes, well, again, to go back through some of this, we're, that's a book written by the uh, son of David, King Solomon, who he had with Bathsheba, who he basically stole from another man and got chastised for and repented of that fact. And yet God used that in the line of Christ, in the line of Jesus, to bring him into the world. And when you look through the line of folks that that God used in that capacity, uh, it's not a bunch of perfect folks. You know, I doubt Mary was even uh, sinless, although the Catholic community might disagree with me on that. I believe she was likely living in righteousness, just like the prophet John, the Baptist mom and dad were, where when they sinned, they did what was necessary to pay for that or atone for that sin. That was the only way to live in a righteous way because there is only one person who has lived a sinless life, and that is Jesus Christ. And if you don't believe that, you know, Lord help you. So there's a lot of goofiness going on in the world right now. There was a we do a devotional reading every day by Institute for Creation Research. And they had a piece in there this morning that I think was, was very um, adamant or very adept to what, what we're about. And I'll just read through this quick. The only true God, for they themselves show of us the manner of entering in that we had unto you and how... Ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. There are God's many and Lord's many, 1 Corinthians 8, 5, in the world today, just as there were in the ancient pagan world. In fact, the worship of many of these ancient deities is being revived in various dark corners of the so-called New Age movement today. Idol worship can also involve adulation of men and women, such as music idols, professional athletes, and movie idols, not to mention the humanistic worship of such political and religious leaders as Lenin, Mao, Hitler, uh, Khomeini, and an increasing assortment of gurus and false prophets. And I would say the tenets of evolution is a religious worship as well. 
So there is, however, only one true God, the God who created all things. To us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. The one thing all these false gods and false religions have in common is the denial of the true God and omnipotent creator. For such idolatry there is no legitimate excuse. We know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is none other God but one. A dead idol obviously can be of no use. The infallible test as to just who this true God may be is that his identity is confirmed as the only living God. Therefore, he's the only true God. He died for our sins, yes, but now he lives forever as king of all his creation. We, like the uh, Thessalonians, should turn from all our idols and serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. And when we look at Ecclesiastes, um, it's interesting how this, you know, the Bible just ties together so well. And if you don't, if you doubt that the Bible is God's word, I just encourage you to read through it a few times. Read the Bible, you know, three or four times, and you'll you'll you cannot not come to the conclusion that it's God's word. I'm sorry, there are some things in it I don't understand. Some things that I don't think men are going to understand because I think God's wisdom is beyond our capacity at this point as human beings, and just like things that we create. Even robotics and things like that nowadays, they're talking about AI, this advanced intelligence and robots that will be able to think for itself. It will still have limitations. It will still be limited by the creative capacity that we have as human beings to develop that AI. And though God is unlimited, at least in terms of his creation, he limited us in certain ways. Like we have to deal with time. We have to deal with uh, the laws of the universe that he put into place that we live by in terms of us living on this round ball that, that circles around the sun on the third planet. He didn't put us somewhere else. He didn't put us in a uh, situation where we had to live in a bubble all the time, although certain <laughs> factors of our society at this point would like us to all live in a bubble, apparently, with masks on and full of uh, shots of stuff that, well, possibly kill you more so than a disease that you may never get again especially if you've had it already and there's a lot of craziness going on in the world but let's let's go to the bible first ecclesiastes 3 to everything there is a season and to a time every purpose under heaven now this became a song back in the 60s i think it was the i don't remember who it was anyway a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. What profit has he that works out that wherein he labors? So, you know, there's times for all these things. And Solomon, in his wisdom, notices that 
that that's a fact. I mean, there's a time and a place for different things. And as humans, we accept that for the most part. Again, you've got people nowadays who worship other things, who have gone astray, who do not worship the one true God, who do not follow uh, the created order that he put in place, and who want to circumvent that. And I believe ultimately they're following the father of lies, Satan, in his quest to circumvent God, to try and make himself the God of gods and the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And why that goes on in the spiritual realm, I don't know. I don't know why God allows it. I don't know why God set it up that way, that he gave Satan the capacity as a created being. I can't believe he's not, um, to choose to uh, war against God and to think that he was more than he is. But let's finish this. Ecclesiastes in chapter uh, 12, there's 12 books in Ecclesiastes. And, and again, I'm, I encourage you to read through them, but I'm just hitting the highlights here. Um, it says this, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment and every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. And in reality, that that pretty much is it, is fear God and keep his commandments. Fear God means to love him, to honor him, to uh, put him in his right place. Is the only one that you hold in awe, the only one that you hold that really you should use the term awesome for. You know, we use that uh, term very lightly in our world today, but but he is the only one that is truly magnificent, truly awesome, and should have our full worship because he made us, and he made us with the capacity to worship, and we're going to worship something, either ourselves or something else on this planet. People used to worship the sun, the moon, other things like that, but there is only one God, one uh, being that we can worship, and he's communicated to us who he is, what his nature is like, and what he cares about in his word, the Bible. And it's it's pretty easy to find. Uh, it's, it's the most available book on the planet. And it's funny to me, I, I always call it our manual for life. And, you know, a lot of complex things that you buy, you wouldn't try and operate them without at least looking at the manual a little bit first. And I, I would say our life should be the same way. But in this life, there are many choices, many other op options, opportunities. And I would say the big cities is where you find a plethora of these things for people to get involved with, to get circumvented by, to get uh, pulled into temptation by, uh, into sin, I should say, get tempted to sin by. And that's why I think you have a battle going on for the hearts and minds of Americans that is rurally identified and cityfied identified or however you want to say it um, the cities create an environment where you know all these things can occur and you have all these people living in a small area and people get very easily enticed to, to other things and in a rural community people still have faith that's why Trump was such a big hit I think with with folks and again, you can talk about whether or not you think he was a faithful man and the way he handled himself at times didn't didn't project uh, a faith in Jesus Christ. But who is perfect in doing that, I would say. But the policies that he put forth, the policies that he was for, 
um, made a lot of sense. You know, the, the government of this country is supposed to be about serving its constituents, which is this country, America. And you've got a group of folks in this country that do not want anything to do with that. They want to be part of this global community, this global thing that's going on, this one world government. And I think eventually it's just going to happen because that's the Bible predicts it. The Bible predicts it, that that is all going to come to bear. There's going to be a antichrist that's going to rise to power and he's going to want you to worship him. And you're going to have a choice to make. Whether that will happen in our lifetimes, as you hear this, I don't know. I don't, I hope it doesn't, but I hope it doesn't happen in my children's lifetimes. But eventually, it's going to happen. So there's not much we're going to be able to do about it. So if you go back to what Solomon, I mean, when Solomon goes through Ecclesiastes, he goes through a bunch of different things. And at the end, I mean, he's tried different things. The guy married like 6,000 different women, and he did this and did that. And he's like, look, in the end, it's to fear God, to love him and honor him, and to do what's necessary in your life to take care of that. So there's really not much more to it than that. You can keep searching for different things, for more things. You can um, put your faith and trust in anything else but God, and it's not going to get you anywhere. Fearing God and, and loving Him is really where it's at. That's the, the end of man. So on today, it's uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Our local paper says, this is it. And man, I used to get wrapped up in all that. Uh, but nowadays, I'm just like, whatever. I could care less. It's just a game, people. It's a bunch of guys throwing a pigskin around, right? And while it's it's a neat show, I mean, football is fun to watch. It's it should be left there, you know. But people idolize this game, just like you know, idolizing athletes and musicians and people who can act. I mean, I still struggle with the way we idolize people who can act like other people. People who can act like somebody else is who gets a lot of people's worship and adoration. And yet, even for those people, typically it's only for a, a fleeting time. There's not many of them that last a long time. A few, but it's still so what that somebody can get on a screen and be well-known. And that's really what it is. But here's a well-known guy, uh, Elon Musk, I think, had, he was talking about the debt the other day. And uh, whenever I get out of this app, gets, okay. Elon Musk warns America is operating on borrowed time. Uh, warns of the skyrocketing national debt. Something has to give. And it goes through a lot of statistics around that. And why why does the government spend money the way it does? I, I've often wondered that, you know, you see the recent um, fake government of Joe Biden, the one that uh, was installed by uh, certain powers that be in certain states that completely cheated during this election. And I don't give a rip what study you come out with that says that wasn't the case. It was so stinking obvious, it's not even funny. 
when you kick people out of uh, being able to monitor vote counting, when you have drop boxes everywhere in Democrat places where people can come in in the middle of the night with video showing them dropping off tons of ballots and all this stuff and the, the legacy media because they're bought into this whole thing just keeps piping oh that's nothing to see here nothing to see there i mean it's it's pathetic and that's that's what gets me more than anything but our government spends money because well one it's not theirs and they don't treat it like theirs but at the national level, we are spending ourselves into oblivion. And I don't know at what point, like Elon Musk says, when do, you, when do, when do we have to pay the piper? When is that finally going to come crashing down? You know. And again, I look at things like 31,000 people working at the CDC, people. I come back to that example because it just boggles my mind. There, there shouldn't be more than 10 people working at the CDC. I don't give a rip what they do. It's not... There's not enough uh, contagious disease out there that we need to be protected from. I mean, this whole thing with COVID was a disaster, in my opinion. Two years later, okay, two years ago this month, we were told two weeks to slow the spread by Mike Pence. And here we are, two years later, still dealing with all this crap. Dealing with masks at schools where students are, you know, unless they are seriously obese and have other issues you know let those folks wear a mask and be done with it if they want to or if their parents think that they're at risk from this disease but there are also therapeutics that if everybody was taking ivermectin you'd probably be fine if everybody was taking quercetin and zinc and uh, vitamin d it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But people don't want to listen to people that actually treated this disease. They want to listen to people in the government like Fauci, who's never done anything but dole out money to people. And supposedly is knows what he's doing when it comes to, you know. And again, why do both the NIH and the CDC exist? What's their purpose? You know, there's so many government agencies at the federal level that make no sense. And they're really based on they're not based on faith. Let me put it that way. And I think if you, if we had a government and a society that was truly based on the worship of Jesus Christ, like we used to, where when you went to Harvard college, you were trained in the ministry, you know, Harvard college was started by believers. Most colleges were back then. Today, they're simply just leftist indoctrination centers. And if it wasn't for colleges and, and public school systems, I think you'd be in a lot better place in this country. And you wouldn't be slowly being eroded and taken over by the communist ideals in a totalitarian state. Which, again, we're going to get to at some point because that's what Satan wants. Satan wants total control. He's got that in China right now. So why not try and have it here? But... At the end of the day, folks, Jesus Christ is still on the throne. He is still there. And no matter what happens to your body or your person on this earth, there's another life ahead. You heard me read what Solomon said. In the end, God's going to judge all these things, even the secret things. And you have two choices. Either you're going to get judged for that and cast into the pit, cast into the lake of fire, or you're going to 
pray the blood of Jesus over yourself. You're going to claim the blood of Jesus, the fact that he was your savior, that he did what was necessary and, and you repented of your sin and put your faith and trust in him. And at that moment, God is going to forgive you for the heinous things that you did against him, against his perfect holiness in this life. And you will go into a life, I don't know what it's going to be like. The Bible isn't exactly clear on how that's going to work. But there will be a new heaven and a new earth at some point. And God will dwell with his people. And that's going to be a beautiful thing. So have faith, hope. And uh, the result of that is love, I believe. If you have proper faith and proper hope. Don't put your faith and hope in other things. And men, especially athletes, for crying out loud. So, hey, have a great day. Thank you for stopping by. Um, we'll take a look at more tomorrow. Thank you, Lord, for the small things like me and her on a porch swing, the summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six string. Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings if I still got breath in these lungs. And that's all I need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that he's done.